0: Conquer your green with SoFi, a bank that helps women grow their money with an all-in-one app where you can bank, borrow, and invest. Earn a highly competitive APY, get a personal loan, or even trade stocks and ETFs. SoFi, get your money right. Banking products and loans offered by SoFi Bank, N.A., NMLS 696891. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC.
1: Konnichiwa, this is Michelle.
0: (laughs) And Hallie, that was new. This is golf. Mostly. I am pumped for today's topic. The perception of this game that we know and love and sometimes hate, but... (laughs) Yeah, definitely
1: a love-hate relationship. Yeah, a love-hate.
0: But, you know, ultimately, it's it's given us a lot. And you and I have both been in this golf bubble for a very long time. Do you remember when you first got into it long, long ago? Thank you, thank many you. Many moons ago. I feel
1: like you could have taken out one of the longs there.
0: <laughs> many, many moons ago. Um what the perception was, or first of all, what was your perception of the game and the people around you's perception I mean, of the game when Allie, you were... I was four years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> I'll let <laughs> just say the perception of the game. Michelle,
0: I- what... <laughs> Did you find it a little stuck up?
1: At <laughs> four years old?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you find it like it wasn't very welcoming? <laughs> Not a very diverse game.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, never mind. Let me, when you were, let's switch it to when you like turned pro, when you were just, just that was five years old, I believe, right? Um, you were slightly older. Um, when you were slightly older, when, when last, okay, when you remember, what, when's the earliest you can remember getting into golf?
1: You know, it was actually funny because, I mean, my parents and were not members at a country club. We were not, you know, like a golf generational family. Yeah, my mom played golf in Korea and she came over here, and taught my dad how to play golf and they were obsessed about it played in these couples tournaments and would leave me with my friends. And I was like, all of a sudden they've like dropping off Michelle. And I went at first I was like, Oh, fun to play date. And then I was like, wait a second. Mm. You guys are doing something fun without me. It's like I'm catching on. So then I told, I begged them to take me with them. Mm. And I found out they're in a golf cart. And I was like, you know, five year old golf carts, like the coolest ah, so thing you in the world. do remember. <laughs> And I remember, what I remember is my parents still pawning me off, which now I completely understand because you do not want to play golf with a four-year-old who can't sit still. So Mm -hmm. they would um, send me to the clubhouse and they'd be like, there's a fun game called Fold the Clothes. (laughs) And the assistant pro, because I think I knew the assistant pro or something to like the Muni golf course. And I remember being like, wow, I'm folding golf clothes. (laughs) Uh Pro shop. I was like, "Wait a second! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, they are doing something fun without me again." And I remember just wanting to hang out with them. So that's how I picked up the game. I was actually really serious with baseball at that time as a four-year-old. Oh, (laughs) Um, so we would do like batting practice, and I remember my parents like bringing out golf balls, Mm -hmm. and like we would start hitting golf balls, and I would hit it over the fence. I remember it going to someone's backyard, and we all just like ran we did a hit and run for sure. (laughs) It's like, Oh my God, I hit someone's window. And you know, I don't think we did actually hit someone's window, but we ran away. Um, And that's when my parents started taking me to the golf course. And you know, I guess back to your question, what was my perception of the game when I was four years old? (laughs) I just wanted to hang out with my parents and I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I didn't know the game culture or anything like that, obviously Mm -hmm. and it, you know, just growing up in it and being really famous, I guess at a really young age, it was just funny because I just did things so differently that everywhere I went, it was like, "Oh no, you can't do that! You can't do that! You can't wear that!" And I was like, "Okay, like, cool. I'm just gonna do it anyways." And I remember going to a junior golf tournament wearing denim shorts, and they made me change, and I was like, "What? Like, why? This is like so." It was like so I didn't like really come across to me as stuffy. I just like didn't understand it. I was mm-hmm. like, "What is going on? Like, why?" Why? Um, and I remember like. The USGA had the tournament um, U.S. Public Links. Your mom won it back-to-back, right? Back-to-back. Back-to-back. I tried to do it back-to-back, but I lost to Yanni Sang um, on the 36th hole. Darn. Darn it. Darn you, Yanni Sang. <laughs> um, but I just remember like the vibe of Public Links was mm-hmm. so different than U.S. Amateur because that's why that tournament was so near and dear to my heart because that tournament – you if you were a member at a private club you could not compete in that usja tournament and it was for us muni kids right and that to me was like so special when i was there and i didn't realize it at that time and i it just was like when i got there i was just like okay these and we relate these little kids i try to wear denim shorts on a golf course and then you get to the us amateur and it's a whole different vibe it just felt so official it felt so like you know, button to the top collar. Um, and I'm just really glad that I got to experience that. But, you know, growing up, it's just it's just amazing hearing from people's perspective who just got into the game later in their lives, obviously not at four years old, so you didn't grow up with it. And it's really interesting to hear from their perspective, like, what the game was to them. But it's also really refreshing to see people get so addicted to the games. I think, you know, when you grow up around the game, like, you know, you have and I have, it's just kind of take it for granted Mm -hmm. a lot of times.
0: Similar to you, had a set of golf clubs around since I could remember, but didn't really like it until I was like 13 or 14. And then I got really into it, played in college, whatever. Then I remember this very distinct moment because being in this golf bubble that we are in, I feel like sometimes we forget what the rest of the world Thinks about how the rest of the world thinks about golf. So I remember I was at this party in New York City in this really cool rooftop bar, and it was like an SNL party. And there was this woman there, and I just started talking to her, and she was like a producer for one of like a late night comedy shows or something. And she was like, "What do you do?" <laughs> and I was like, "I work for Golf Digest." <laughs> and she was like, "Golf? That's kind of bougie." And I was like, "How?" dare you. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I just realized I was like, oh my God, I forgot how most of the world views golf still. Um, granted that was a couple of years ago. And I think that we have really made leaps and bounds, especially, you know, the, kind of the weird silver lining, at least for golf with COVID was that so many people that would never, consider playing they didn't really have anything else to do so and there was the only safe thing to do so i think that that really helped golf participation especially i think the biggest growing demographic was or is young females which is really cool but yeah i think the the perception of the game is changing we do have a long way to go but i would probably attribute the perception changing A lot of it to people like our guests, Ben Baller and rappers and musicians and athletes and all these people that maybe kids that look up to them and wouldn't, you know, probably thinks golf is a bougie sport or for their dad or grandpa. And they see somebody that they admire or look up to on social media and go, oh, my gosh, they play golf. I want to play golf. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: like the, you know, people, when they think of golf, they think of Shooter McGavin. You know, that's like Shooter, shooter and McGavitt. You know, like, that's like <laughs> the person that they think of who is, um, who is a golfer, who's a professional golfer. And, it, you know, I think it's really cool that you have people like Tony Finau out on the golf course. Um, you have, you know, Colleen Morikawa. And you guys have so many representations from different countries now too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, more specifically, our guest, Ben Baller, um, it, it's, it's really cool to see someone, you know,
0: that is so into golf That you never expect to be that into golf. And he is into it, guys. Seriously, follow Ben Baller on Instagram. It is, I mean, it's, he's a, if you haven't heard of Ben Baller, he is a jeweler to the stars. Like Kanye West, Drake, Lil Uzi Vert, Frank Ocean, Kaya Gerber, everybody. His just roster of clients is insane. But yeah, you check out his page and there's some jewelry there, but it's a lot of golf. A lot
1: of golf. But it's also, like, really fun to see people get the golf bug. Yeah. I feel like it's been so long since, obviously, I started playing golf that (laughs) I kind of of want to, like, start the game left-handed. Do it. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. Would it, though? I think it would. Okay. I think it would. I don't know. We'll have to check back in on that. Yeah. All right. But I guess it's like pickleball. You know, I'm really into pickleball lately. And it's like a new thing that I'm doing and I'm not that good at it, but I can see I'm like hooked on it. So, you know, golf, it's one of those sports that you can never master. So I can imagine how frustrating and, you know, addicting that is for people. But I'm really excited to talk to Ben today to talk about all things golf all things being Korean American, I think being a Korean American myself, I love seeing other Korean Americans, you know, do so well. And I'm really excited to talk to him about all things jewelry, ice. Yeah, I think gold he's bringing crowbar. some.
0: He's bringing some ice for us too. I, I think. I Think
1: so. Ooh. Ooh. Before we intrude, Ben Baller, just want to take a quick second to thank our presenting sponsor, L A Golf. What is L A Golf? What is it? Well, short answer is a partner with the best players to make the best shafts and putters ever made but first let's start with the fact that i invested and joined the board because i believe in the products that much but also dj and bryson all have their own shafts and products and are all really invested as well LA Golf is the only American-made shafts, and they're made here in Anaheim, California, and they have proprietary design structure and anti-vibration material to make them stiffer without being heavier and still feel buttery soft, and you guys all know that I struggle with injuries, and these shafts are a game-changer for me. They can be stiff without being heavier, and they make my Sore wrists feel better. One club fitter said the driver shafts are adding 12 to 14 yards of carry on average nationwide, so you don't want to miss out on that. Then this year, LA Golf launched the first ever carbon putter with a 50% larger sweet spot, the stiffest shaft in the industry, and descending loft face technology that allows your ball to roll more quickly off the face. And the first time I ever tried the putter, my mind was blown. It cut the brake in half because of how true it rolls. Go to lagolf.co and feel
0: for yourself. Well, Ben Baller just decked us out in some insane ice. I think we're officially ready to start the episode. Ben, first of all, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us.
2: Oh, I was really excited. Especially how we and you met in the most random thing in the entire world. So
0: crazy. Yeah. So crazy. I told you that, Michelle, right? Actually, I, didn't, I don't think I heard it. Okay. So I, what restaurant? were we We're at the Chateau Mama. At? Okay. Chateau oh, Mama. yeah. And I'm sitting there having dinner with a friend. I hear someone behind me talking <laughs> about making gold tailor-made putters. And I'm with a friend who also plays golf. So our ears, both of us ears perk up because when you hear people talking about golf, you're like, golfers yay oh you know someone that likes golf too so i hear him and he's talking about gold tailoring my putters and i'm like all right i just turn around i'm like excuse me sir (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) and then ben explained
2: (laughs) right i mean it was it was a weird situation i was sitting with the the president of Crep protect they're the world's largest sneaker cleaner and they're one of my sponsors and um we were talking about a few things coming up like they do a lot of big things in dubai they have some really nice stores in, in london they're all over Saudi Arabia. They're, they're they're global, and they're all in foot action, champs, whatever. And they've been playing golf for many years. Mm. And they're like, we're from the home of golf. We're from the UK. And I was like, oh, bro, who cares? You know, at that point, I had barely swung a club, you know. And I figured, well, one, you know, Taylor made sent me some clubs, and I said, I had to ask my brother. I was like, Taylor made good? He's like, Bad man, man, that's what Tiger uses. I was like, you ain't got to say nothing else. Like, right <laughs> then and there. Like, that's what actually signed me with my agency. Like, that was, like, the most interesting thing. But um, I developed a relationship with them. And it was, like, cool. But now I'm, like, best friends with everyone over there, you know? And I even met your old roommate there. was crazy. Uh, Lauren. It was so funny. It was yeah. like, the most random thing. And um, I felt that if my name and my namesake the BB logo is going to be branded on something golf. I didn't want to embarrass anybody, you know? I've never played golf before, right? My parents both did. It was a very Korean thing to do. It's like the most popular sport out of any Korean person, right, or any Korean family. And so, yeah, I just decided. I was like, hey, man, I want to have a coach. I want to have this. I want to have this. And I knew once I swung a club, I was like, well, this is, I don't want to play this. Like, this is horrible. This is terrible. I, like, I feel stupid. I was so sore the next day. But then I figured, like, maybe there's something here. And, you know, what, that's 10 months ago, you know, I'm, I'm, I play five, six times a week now, you know, I don't and even you work break anymore. 90. <laughs> yeah, I broke 90, yeah, what, four times, like, two months ago, I broke 90. And um, I'm just, I'm completely, I'm, I'm obsessed. It's really weird. I, I never, I I hate the fact, and I've said this publicly, I got a scholarship playing football for Cal, a Division I school. I thought about my life all and everything, how crazy it was. I would have easily gave up all the crazy accolades I had in sports if I I wish I had to play golf when my parents asked me to play golf when I was like 10 and 9. Wow.
0: So Michelle and I were talking a little bit about this glow-up that golf is going through. And you could attribute that, I think, to to people like yourself, people like Drake, people like Schoolboy Q, people that – maybe would have fans that are outside of just your normal, you know, people think of a golfer, just this old white dude. And I think people see their people that they follow on social media or people that look they look up to playing golf. And they're like, oh, my gosh, if Ben Baller plays golf, maybe I would want to play golf. So I'm curious, before you ever touched a golf club, what was your impression of the game before you ever got into it?
2: I'm going to get canceled for this. <laughs> Um, old white country club, elitist sport that Tiger's gotten good in. And um, my mom and, and uh, my, my, my father who passed away were members at Mountain Gate. My mom was an immigrant who came here with $20. You know, she's like had nothing. And A, for them to play golf was a big deal. And, you know, anytime my, my, my dad was working, he would just be watching golf in the background. And I just figured like I was like, all right, cool. And then Koreans started showing up. And I remember when Michelle had broke into it and I was like, how old is she? What? That's, come on, man. That's, are you kidding me? And I just felt like there was a stigma for a long time what it was. I do remember passing through, I was born and raised in Koreatown, passing through like, um, um, Wilshire not Wilshire, Club, not Wilshire Club, L.A. Country Club. Mm. And knowing that there, were, there was not just, forget, no blacks, no, no Asians, no Mexicans or anything, but how about you can't even be in entertainment? Like, it was such a strict thing. And I was like, well, I don't even know this. I'm taking the bus to school. And then just knowing about people can't play at certain places and stuff. And I don't know. It just didn't attract me. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I'm sorry. And I guess during COVID, everyone started playing. Because I guess it was the only thing you could really do. And I still was like, eh, I don't know. You know, maybe if they get some cooler gear or whatever, boom. 20-year friend of mine, Stephen Maubon, you know, he created one of the hottest brands in golf. And I was like... All right, maybe I can figure this out. And I didn't really even know the etiquette. There's still things I've just really, I didn't know you had to rake your bunk. I didn't know a lot of things. You know, I've had caddies tell me, "Hey, man, you can't walk into the bunker that way. You have to walk out the same way you walked." And I'm like, "Bro, I'm a grown ass man, man. I can't. I'm 50 years old, bro. You're telling me this shit? Like, you know? I mean, it was just really the way that people talk to you in certain things. And I remember my first time stepping on a golf course. What do you think I was wearing? I was wearing a Supreme t-shirt and like shorts. I didn't know you couldn't enter the. I couldn't. I thought he was joking. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Sir, you need a collared shirt." And I was like. No, I'm a guest of George Lopez. I'm okay. No, no, you need a collared shirt. (laughs) So George goes, Hey, I'm going to buy you a shirt in the pro shop. So, you know, I just, I do know that the change, that there's been a big change and a big rush. I know there was a big rush when Tiger was winning early, but now, I mean, dude, my fans are like, I have people going from everywhere. They're like, I'll go to Goodwill. I don't care. I just want to learn how to play, you know, and it's like, look, just learn how to swing a club, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Don't worry about getting fitted. Don't worry about getting. TaylorMade or Ping or Tylus, whatever it is, go just play. And they're really taking interest to it because Schoolboy Q and me, we've been friends forever. I'd see him play all the time. and I'm like, really, bro? You're really playing? And then he played in the Pell Beach AT&T, and I was like, hold on, bro. Like, you really play? And our circle, the circle that was spread apart got tighter and tighter because we was playing golf. We want to play with each other. And then... You know, never in a million years did I think I connect with these people. Like, me and G.R. Smith, me and G.R. are playing all the time. And, like, you know, we talk about it all the time. And it's, like, crazy because our conversations before this was not anything about, like, this type of, yo, man, you have many up and downs you have. You know, like, things like that would never take place in a conversation. So I'm just, I'm fascinated. I'm in. I had, you know, a certain opinion about it before. And I'm still brand new. You know, I'm just, I'm just completely obsessed. I'm about to literally, I told my partner today, He's like, what's the joy for? I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast with Michelle Wee and this uh, girl Hallie. And um, boom. And he's like, bro, you're going to quit, huh? I'm like, I'm not going to quit because I own half the store. But I'm like, I-, I would love to and just go tour. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, you got to go here. You got to go, go to Abandoned Dunes. You got to go to uh, uh, Pine Hills or whatever it is. I don't know. And like, even Michael Jordan, I've been friends with his family in there. They've invited me to golf for many years. I was like, I'm not about to go to Shadow Creek and, you know, get killed and like, look stupid. And then now that I kind of feel like I can play, and his sons are probably 10, 14 handicaps somewhere around there, like, come play at Grove. I'm like, bro, I can't wait. So I just have so much work to get done, and I want to get all of it done and not do any more work anymore and just play golf.
1: Well, I, I guess I'm like on the opposite path of you. I played <laughs> so much golf that I quit playing golf. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I've always talked about, you know, representation, and I know we've talked about a lot. You know, being Korean-American, being Asian-American, um, I felt like identity was always like this, this thing that came and went in waves. I remember opening up lunch in school and it smelling and me being super embarrassed. And I promised myself in eighth grade that I would never make my child stinky lunches. And what did I do on the first day of school? What did I pack her? Rice. I made her kerempa, like egg rice. And then I know as soon as she opened it, it smelled. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we are. But I mean, I think it's so cool that you not only got a scholarship in college to play both football and basketball, but you were the first Asian American jeweler to win the jeweler of the year. Yeah. And to me, like, I think the most interesting thing or interesting question for me is it feels like you were breaking stereotypes like all throughout your life. Is that, was that like a conscious effort or is that just something in the back of your mind that you're just doing and you thought of it afterwards?
2: You know, what's really interesting is when I reflect back on my life and I think about being in hip hop and being at the age I'm at and listening to hip hop in like 1980, 81, playing basketball, break dancing and doing all kinds of things that were hip hop related. There were such taboo activities that they were never really, well, one, they were street oriented. They were based in the streets and in the inner city. And they're mostly, you know, um, obviously derived from from black culture. The thing with me is I was so obsessed with it that I said, look, I don't know why I love breakdancing. I don't know why I love playing basketball. I don't know why I love hip-hop. But I love it. I respect it. And I'm going to continue. If I had, when I think about this, if I had focused on me being the only Asian everywhere for 20 years or so, it might have fucked up my head. I think it would have messed up my head process because everywhere I went, I was the only Asian. I had Asian friends growing up, obviously, you know what I mean? And I had my honeymoon raising me and everything. But like, you know, what I liked wasn't what other Korean kids liked, what the music they were listening to, the things I was doing. So, you know, breaking stereotypes is something I've done all my entire life, you know, being Asian, sports and all that stuff and everything. And I felt like there was Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan on TV. There was a guy, a Korean comedian actor named Johnny Yoon, who like, did some movies. This is you know, way back. Your parents would know who he was. And he was a legend or whatever. But there was really no Asian representation on, on, on television. So, like, who are my idols going to be? You know, it was like Bruce Lee, but he passed away, right? So, like, I just kind of said, you know what? I'm not even going to think about that. I'm just going to do me. And if, you know, anyone ever asks, I'm very proud of my Korean heritage. I'm very proud of my Korean name. I'm very proud of what, you know whether it smells you know or, or whether it be or something that stinks it's happened with you know my sister everyone we've all been through it at least I know we have and um. you know I never really grew up with a lot of Asians so I think for a long time, I felt like nobody really had my back, and I'm out here breaking these stereotypes. I'm bringing hip-hop to Korea. like I, I brought Justin Bieber to Korea for the first time. I have brought a lot of people here, and Drake's like, yo, dude, you gotta take me to Korea, bro. I need to meet G dragon I need to meet this. And I'm like, I got you, let's figure it out. And all these things, and I'm always proud of my, but I, I, just because of what I did, I don't think people thought that I repped. I'm like, how much more can I rep? I'm the lone wolf out here doing this by myself. I worked for Dr. Dre, I was the only Asian in hip-hop you know what I mean? I have 21 platinum album credits as of DJ producer, and I'm working with Dre and Tupac and Jay Z and these guys, and I'm always the only Asian. So I just that was a normal thing for me. For 19 years, they had this Asian American where it's called the Unforgettable Gala, and I'm not saying this to take a shot at them. I never got invited to go, and on the 19th year, I, I got the Lifetime Achievement Award. And that meant everything to me, you know. And they're like, "Yo, you got two minutes to talk," and I was like, "Fuck you, I'm I'm gonna talk," and um. Jonathan, who just directed Crazy Wait, Rich Asians,
0: so they Asian. never invited you? I never got invited. I've never
2: been invited to any Asian thing ever. I've always represented. Like, how, yeah, I'm, I'm Venezuelan. Like, you know, you, you obviously, some people could tell because I have a big head. I'm Korean. You know, most people can tell Koreans. But like, I never got invited. And I was like, didn't have like, I wasn't like, you know, well, fuck them. But I was like, all right, whatever. I've always been on myself. When I came there, I remember um, John Shu. He's the director of Crazy Rich Asians. He did a speech, and he fired me up. And he you went know, over the two-minute mark. So I was like, "Fuck this! I'm about to go kill him." Like I'm about to, I'm about to talk about my first dunk in college on television. And I did this speech, and I was like, "I don't want to hear about where next. I don't want to hear about this." I was like, well, "I'm here now, and I've been doing this." And the audience roared. And at that point, I almost, I almost cried. Like every famous Asian that was in there, John Chu, just a bunch of people. You know, Sandra. Uh, I forgot her last name, but ev- everyone. I got teary, and my wife was like, you know, she's like, I'm proud of you finally because you've been a thug and a, and, a, and a such a fucking asshole all your. You've been like such this. You've had this chip on your shoulder for so long, and now that they've embraced you, I really hope that you, you know, continue and do you know more work with Asian people. And I've always been open. It's just I've never been invited.
0: Do you feel embraced by the golf community being a beginner?
2: Oh man, so by the bigger pros, TaylorMade, you know my fit trotty my fitter my coach yes they've been very encouraging by the fans and the internet and instagram i think this is the most hate i've ever gotten in my entire life really? and you know um i know that golf can do bad things to good people mulligans lie about your score and certain things i can't lie about certain things because i'm outside like you know what i mean like i'm really outside you go catch me at a muni course i don't get you catch me at a country, country club too but you're gonna catch me doing things and even though my swing looked really weird for 95% of my golf life so far, when I kind of unlocked the straight elbow and the head to everything, it changed me. And I think at that point, right before I played that, this tournament last Friday, the mall ball and tournament at Torrey Pines, I started seeing all the haters turn around and say, oh shit. And there's still some out there, well, fuck, you're the best coach in the world and you have all this money, boom, you get lessons and whatever, of course you're going to be good. And I was like, come on, man, which one is it? And I think when I got my first ace, I think that really pissed everyone off. That really pissed people off. And I didn't even tell anybody about it because there was no one I was by myself. And then I remember I had the coach. I have messages, me and my coach. He's like, man, they got cameras there. And I was like, bro, 6.15 Saturday, whole three. And he's like, sure enough, i come back to the, to, the, to the park on Monday. And they hand me a certificate. Wow. And then there's a school called Harvard-Westlake that practices there. And my coach coaches a bunch of them and says, we heard some dude yell and scream. We're on hole eight, and we figured because he was running, he was on his phone. Definitely, something happened, you know. And it's a short; it was a seventy-five yard hole. It's a par three. It wasn't anything big, and that's why another reason I didn't bring a big thing about it. But I think people just like you know, it's there's more encouragement than I than I expected, and I think from the right people, like Colin Morikawa or or you know people that matter, that's been good. You've been very encouraging, but no, man, you know it's such a tough sport that. You know, I understand why people get frustrated because there's times I, I've quit golf twice. I'm like, man, I'm not doing this shit no more. Why do I do this to myself? This is so stupid. You know, like, this is so dumb.
0: I do feel like the core, you know, obviously Colin and and your sponsors have been super supportive, but there is like this core golf audience that is like, this is our game and, we're, you know, it's going to stay this way and we're going to play with our people. And that's just really disheartening that of course they would come out through social media because everybody's just trolls and they can say whatever right. they want to say. if They don't have to have to answer for it. But I'm so glad you're part of this game. I know Michelle Thank you. is. And, you know, Thank you. it's, I think that it just goes back to the fact that you're getting messages from people saying, I want to play. I want to play who maybe would have never even considered golf if you had not uh, been posting about it on your Instagram story.
2: I know once I started playing, a lot of people that were friends of mine that played, they gravitated towards me. And I was like, all right, cool. And um, I just found something out recently. Like, didn't, you know, I'm, I'm so new and that's why people aren't get mad, but I was having lunch with Colin. And I was like, well, I was asking his fiance. I was like, well, what's your handicap? He's like, hey, let me stop you right here. And he's the nicest guy in the world. He goes, hey, anyone, and it's different because I'm 49. I'm not 19 saying this. He goes, any young person that asks a pro or a college player what their handicap is. They're already going down the wrong route, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't mean any offense, because I know you didn't." I was just curious because I'm sure she's really good, or whatever. Boom, we start talking, and I started noticing that was something I asked because I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not really good." You know, I say it all the time. I'm like, "Hey, I'm not really good," but you know, my cousin's a pro, and that was a true test. My cousin's been playing all his entire life. He's 38. He grew up in the same circuit as Kevin Na. They played together all through teenage years and everything. He knew Kevin Nall was going on the on the tour, and um. Anthony Kim reached out to me. I was pretty crazy because no one's heard from him forever. But we played Angelus and we played around. And this was me, my seventh round of golf. And he goes, Ben, I'm just. And this is a dude who's called me every possible terrible thing you could think of because that's how guys talk to each other. Wait, your cousin or Anthony Kim? My cousin. Okay. I was also he's like Anthony Kim. No. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin's like, Yo, shut up! You're a fucking goof. You're stupid as fuck. Blah blah. And he's asked me to play golf 50 times in the last 25 years. And um, he left the game for seven years. And I was like, bro, you were going to the tour. Like, what, we, what why? And he goes, bro, just Korean parents. And I'm like, oh, man. He had to say anymore. Just the forceful, like the, either a piano or being a doctor or something. You're playing golf, you're decent. Oh, man, you're practicing 10 times a day. It's like it's exhausting. So he got burnt out. When he started, me, started seeing me post, he's like, fuck this. I'm about to let Ben, like, you know, I'm about to, like, you know, get back in. And shot under par, you know, like a local chorus. And he goes, let's play. So we played. We get, to like, the fourth hole. And he's like, I, I don't know what to say right now because I don't even care about your form. The fact that your course management and that you're figuring things out, is I'm blown away. He's like, you haven't even used a driver. Why not? I was like, my driver keeps slicing right, so I, don't, I'm, I at least want to do something. He's like, bro, you're hitting your three wood. I'm only going maybe 30, 40 yards further than you, which is I'm just blown away. And I, and I got like a 94 that day, and I wasn't really that happy about it. And he's like, I can't tell you how, dude, my dad took 15 years to break 100. You know, he's like, this is crazy. So, you know, it's it's, it's, it's been, the people that, that matter have embraced me and the people who were like hating, it's fueled me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, watch, dude. You know, like it's 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 driven me, you know. And again, there's like this this thing with Koreans. Like a friend of mine's a really famous Korean model in Korea, and she's like, Oh, opa, you have to get your swing right. Cause, you know, like in Korea, like they'll judge you on it. Like they're literally sitting in a simulator, not even seeing a course, until their swing is like literally picture perfect. And who cares if they shank or anything? It just looks good, right? And then obviously they play, but they're really critical out there, you know? The golf is, like, it's so crazy. So, like, I didn't really have that, That you know, 49, you know, playing for the first... Like, if I was 20, it's different. I don't have the same muscles and elasticity. But, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Again, it, everyone's been really cool.
1: Is golf more of, like, a family activity for you? Or is it, like, a solo daddy getaway time from everyone?
2: I didn't know what it was for the first few months. I just know I'm a very competitive spirit. And, um, and the energy in my body... I didn't exercise for like seven or eight years. I've lost like 30 pounds in the last like six months. And I think my wife thinks walking courses, whatever. At first I thought it'd be exercise. And then it was time away from my wife. And it was time away from the kids. I got three kids, you know, so it's like difficult. But then my son said, hey, I'll try it. So now it's like, we've never had anything together. I've tried basketball. I tried baseball. I tried swimming. I tried Everything. He loves video games. That's it. He likes watching YouTube, and it's like a different era. Now he made the golf team at a school, so we have, like, our thing together finally. I have something with my daughter, which is different, you know what I mean? But, but like, my middle son, he does jujitsu. My oldest son, this is something now, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: So when you first held a club, you talked about what you thought the game was. And then you got a set of clubs. What was that moment? Like, who gave them to you? And what were your initial thoughts? Did you ever think you'd go out again once you went for the first time?
2: So about a year ago, I got clubs sent to me. I get a message from TaylorMade, and I just remember the name sounding pretty familiar. And I knew that they were, you know, definitely one of the top brands. And the the DM was, have you ever thought about playing golf? I was like, no. And I really don't have too much interest in it. He goes, why don't you try it out? You know, golf is expensive. Clubs are expensive. We want to send you some clubs. And I was like, nah, I don't know, man. Finally, I don't know what changed, but a buddy of mine who plays golf, he's a professional skater named Eric Austin. I saw him playing, and I was like, you never post golf, bro. He goes, man, I'm nice with it. He doesn't talk like that either. He's a very humble guy. And I was like, really? So I went and watched him, and I was like, I don't know, in a way, is this kind of cool? I could smoke some weed, I could drink a little bit, play golf, you know, all right, this sounds cool. We Respond back to a tailor-made, I'm like, hey, I'd love some clubs. Send me whatever. I don't really know. I mean, I, have, I don't know anything. How tall are you, blah, blah, whatever. I was like, okay, here, I'm six feet tall. I'm 200 pounds. I don't really know what to say. He was like, no, we don't need your weight. Just, you know, let's send you some stuff. Tell me how you like it. I didn't know that they were sending me like the nicest clubs. And, you know, my coach was like, hey, man, these are going to be hard to hit for you because you're not really like blades. And I was like, these ain't blades, bro. These are tailor-mades. He's like, forget it. <laughs> you know, and like, oh, never mind. I got the clubs. They sat for two or three months. And then George Lopez is like, man, you got to come play with me. He's like, man, I'm telling you, you're you're going to be on a whole different level. And yeah, you know, I got a coach and the good thing was I was able to hit a ball. I just realized like it was just the most, again, it was the most challenging thing in the world. and It was like Taylor made sense of clubs. And the next thing I know it's, um I find out it's this guy named Michael Barbuti, AKA the stranger. And we started talking about possible collaborations and certain things. And I'm like, I know they didn't bait me because I got too many. Like, was was this? I mean, was this genuine? Is whatever. And it didn't even matter to me at that point. They took a step towards me, and it wasn't like they were like Kirkland clubs. They were good clubs, and I'm like, don't worry about balls. Whatever you need, boom, gloves, everything. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is crazy. And you know, now I'm like, I can't believe the packages that are being sent to me. You know, like it's not like it's like Jay Lindbergh and all these other people. John Daly's people reached out to me. Hey, but I know people don't really have the best. I don't know. I I I love John Daly. I think hey, he, makes he's,
0: some, he makes some good pants yeah he's some, he, John but he but he but he cracks
2: me up just because he can get so drunk and drink diet Cokes and play golf, you know he's amazing
0: he really is, I so yeah, know you know, I just
2: it. didn't know i remember um the first time I approached. The first day I went to hit a ball, I didn't know then, but it seemed very far away, but it was 130 yards. And so I took the driver out and my cousin was like, no, 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 this is a different cousin, my business partner. And he's like, no, 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 dude, um, grab one of the irons. I was like, which one? Because grab the iron. So I thought A sounded like maybe A was the best one because it's A on there. I didn't know I meant approach. I didn't know what it was, gap, which I didn't know anything. So I grabbed the A and he goes, no, don't grab that one. I'm like, bro, look, man, this is already getting too confusing, bro. Because <laughs> I've seen people play with three or four clubs. Like, no, 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 that's not you yet. So. <laughs> We used to try to go through the clubs and try to hit the ball. And just because, look, who cares? Just hit as many balls as you can until you get to that distance. And I'm sad to say it was my hybrid to go 130. And I was like, damn. He was like, hey, man, you hit it straight, though. That's all that matters. And then just from there, you know, I just kind of just... It was like a slow process, and then it went... Like, I went all in.
0: Right. And so how long ago was that?
2: I think I lost my mind probably like around late March. <laughs>
0: late March.
2: I got and- invited to the kingdom, and then it was like, that was a wrap.
0: Right. And now you're all in. And so how much golf are you playing now?
2: I practice... Four times a week, and then I play two rounds a week. No matter what city I'm in,
0: that's a lot more. Than, that's a lot of golf. That's, yeah. that's dedication. I but I
2: slowed it down. Like I was every time I was at the range, I was hitting 150 balls, and then um, I went to uh, 70 balls because I know what I'm just doing different things now. But when I talked to Colin, he's like, "Bro, I don't play anywhere near that much golf." He's like, "You play more golf this year than I played in like the last two years." He's like, "You're tripping. You're going to go crazy." I'm like, "No, I'm fine." But yeah, no, I mean, I, I. I I practice lot, play a lot now and and um, I think the excitement is there's no rushing golf. There's no... Really, you can't rush it. It's just, you know, it happens. I'm not a natural at all but um, I want to break 80 now, you know, and then I want to break 70 so I'm just like, I'm chasing that. Mm-hmm. May or may not happen.
0: Going back to not being a natural, I really wasn't a natural at all and people think that, oh, I should have been but really the most unathletic, non-hand eye coordination (laughs) person in the world. I'm the most
1: unathletic human in the world. Bullshit. No, I have great hand-eye coordination. I will give myself that. But like, athletic-wise, I am the least athletic human. Do you play basketball at all? No. Really? No, I broke a pinky when I was like, at camp, playing basketball one time. I can barely touch the net. I'm six feet. I can barely, my vertical is 15 inches.
2: (laughs) No, what was your vertical, like, 10 years ago
1: 15 inches i'm not even kidding you right now like i would be a spectacle in the gym like people would like laugh at me no they like, it w- it, yeah because i would do some like dumb shit in the gym and be like oh my god i broke i shattered my left wrist <laughs> by doing a workout i was running backwards and i fell and i like shattered three bones
0: in my left Wait, wrist. when did
2: you start playing
0: when did i start playing yeah. um So I always had a set of clubs because of my family, but I didn't really get into it until I was like 13 or 14. And then I shot 136, my first 18 holes. And yeah. It's
1: impressive you kept score.
0: I still remember, like I have a flashback to just hacking it out of the rough. Golf was one of those things that... You can just by sheer willpower and determination and reps just get better. There are some people that are just incredibly like athletically talented. You see someone like my mother, for example, who had an athletic scholarship to Arizona State either uh, for golf or throwing the javelin. So like, wow, Kelly. In- yeah, my mom is a beast. So incredibly athletic. And then someone like me, I'm like, I'm going to ride a horse (laughs) or swim. (laughs) And then I've like picked up golf very, very late um, and just put the hours. Not as late
2: as me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, that's so amazing that you've managed to improve that amount in such a short time. That is just incredible to me.
1: Have you given yourself like a timeline to beat 80?
2: My birthday, which is January. All right. Yeah,
1: it's in a few months. Well, you you obviously love the nicer things in life. You work in jewelry, you see you know, really nice diamonds. I know you collect sneakers, cars. To you, what does ultimate luxury mean?
2: There's like this misconception of my life, and I think that I've redirected it. I changed my life and pivoted the way that people perceive me in the last five years. Luxury, if you asked me then, would have been the private jet, the trips to Sardinia and Saint-Tropez and, and you know, being at certain places and eating at pizza place at Harrah's on the fifth floor. And just, I've been very blessed to, to have a very used passport experience, being around billionaire friends and things and seeing the finer things in life and the, eating at the best Michelin star rated restaurants. Ultimate luxury to me is being able to wake up and really do whatever the fuck I want. I used to drop my kids off in a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and a McLaren and a Rolls Royce in the same week. I thought that was cool. And it was a very small private school, very small. My kids had five teachers in a 20-person class, and it was just my two sons. Every day they were dropped off in a I picked up in a fire, whatever, and we'd have our talks, and I, you know it was fine. Something hit me one day in driving a Rolls Royce, and I said, I don't like the way I'm being looked at. Some people say, fuck them. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm more, I already have kind of a brash behavior, and I have this, like my wife would say, chip on the shoulder and have this, slightly, you know, abrasive behavior or personality. Some people online, and I was like, they don't even know me in real life. Like, they don't know what the fuck what I do. They don't know what, what charities I do and everything. But again, I'm not here to ever talk about charities. I don't really care. I do them. I just do them. I don't, I don't brag about them. So I got rid of the Rolls Royce. Then I said, hey, listen, on the Ferrari side, I'm actually a big F1 fan. I'm a big fan of, of the actual, you know, driving. I've been to drive, racing schools and things. But I had, at one point, 47 luxury watches during the pandemic. I got rid of probably at least over half of them. Wow. And I'm, now I'm down to even less than that. I had eight cars at the beginning of this year. I'm down to four. I might get down to three. As crazy as may sound, I just wanted my kids to, to just you know, go to a good school, be happy. We could do fun things like go to Dame Busters and go to Cabo and go to places. And that's luxury to me. There's just a privilege to be on a plane and go and travel. For the first time since I was a little kid, I've been obsessed with cars. Especially I was like, one day I'm gonna get a Ferrari. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. And I got those things. You know, self-made. I don't even care about cars or jewelry or anything anymore. I just care about golf. And it's, I'm dead serious. Like, people are like, you're, I wish, the people who really know me, they're like, holy shit, Ben's driving a fucking Tesla now. And yeah, it's still hundred sixty dollars Tesla, but I mean, it was like, I don't care, you know?
0: Did the Ferrari, did it, did it live up to the hype, like when you originally got oh, it? Oh, man, like, my first it. Ferrari. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe you'd be like, no, it wasn't all correct. up. We what like, was her name? <laughs> what was her name?
2: So, didn't have a name, oh. but I, I call my car, because I'm from Koreatown. I call my cars the K-Town destroyers because I call them the destroyer. You go on the road and I destroy everything, right? So that was 2004. It was a red Ferrari, Challenge Stradale. It was a limited edition 360. And it was fucking loud. It was mean. It was uncomfortable. I drove straight to my old neighborhood in Koreatown. That was fucking still like not really the best part still. Drove around, picked up my boys. Like, yo, you got, man, you got to get in this thing. You got to drive it. It was like, it was, a, it was some, I think the first four or five Ferraris were like, I had that feeling.
1: First four, four or five. five Ferraris. How, many, how many Ferraris have you
0: had in your <laughs> lifetime then?
2: I think nine now.
0: Wow. Nine. But then the feeling just fades. It's kind of like when you drink too much caffeine, you need like more. It just.
2: Well, I used to go in the garage and look at the car and be like, oh man, it's there. I got $2 million car in my garage right now. I don't know. I've, there's been a week man. on check. If, if there's extra golf stuff in there, I'll go in there and look at the car. And that's when my wife was like, wow, you're really fucking crazy now. Like you're really, but she's happy that I'm outside doing something, you know, not just sitting around and being, I just, right. Ultimate luxury really is waking up and just doing things. And like, I just, I see the other kids' parents bring their cars and, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Cause I think a friend of mine said this and he's like, I think people assume you already have it, man. So there's no reason to. And I was like, you know what? That It's stuck in my head. I was like, you're right. I just don't care. You don't need yeah. to prove anything yeah. to anybody. Yeah. I just want to play at a country club. Like, what's up, man? You know?
0: <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, before we let you go, we got to do five questions for Ben Voller presented by Five Iron Golf. You ready?
2: Presented by what?
0: Five Iron Golf. Oh, okay. you Ben? No. Oh, my God. Ben, we got to get you to Five Iron Golf. You man. would actually love it. You would love it. I'll tell you about it here in a minute. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, but here we go. If you could make jewelry for any golfer... Who would it be?
2: Come on, man. What kind of question is that?
0: I already know what you're going to say.
2: Yeah, it's Tiger Woods, man.
0: <laughs> what would you make for him? Like if you said, Ben, I just want you to make me a sick chain with something on it. I don't know. What's the term? I don't know. I'm trying to act like I know what I'm talking about. I
2: mean, honestly, I'd make him um, an all orange diamond eye style 3D tiger maybe. You know what I mean? You know, I'd make oh. Frank. I'd make his logo. I'd make Frank, you know.
1: But with like di- orange diamonds, do they make orange diamonds? They do. There's orange
2: diamonds, black diamonds. I would have white diamonds. I would literally make like I've made some crazy Murakami pieces. Our characters, I would make a three dimensional, fully eye style Frank. Wow! I would engrave Charlie and his daughter's name in the back. You know, I would I would do something crazy for him. All right.
0: Well, we got We need that to happen. <laughs> yeah. We need that to happen. Come on, Tiger. All right. What's your favorite piece of jewelry you've ever made? Obviously, it would be in the future, probably the tiger. But to date,
2: it was the Kid Cudi Kiki piece, and uh, it was a Murakami collaboration. It wasn't just a Murakami. It was the one that was actually. There's ones that you do and you kind of like you pay for a licensing thing and I was like we were like we agreed and the, the 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 person who commissions Murakami for the job commissions me boom this was different this was an actual official collaboration there was an artist proof and um it is like crazy it was a kiki piece it was it was the entire link was Murakami related pieces and it was absolutely insane wow and every single we're looking at of pictures link. of it right now by the way for some people that are listening <laughs> some of them had spinners on them some of them didn't Murakami skulls which never been done before and it was his own yeah. Murakami link
1: Murakami skulls I've never yeah. seen that that's before really, yeah. the, really the dark really side cool. of his
2: because he's always about flowers how and positivity how long does positivity. it take to make something like that oh. this took me three and a half months wow and to tell you the truth I could have maybe did it a little faster it would probably take another person that's skilled not, not CAD not machine made handmade Take takes someone a year to make that
0: it's crazy. Wow. Dream
1: golf destination?
2: I mean, I feel like I can go anywhere in America. And even the hard places to get into, I know that there's some... I'm resourceful, man. I'll figure something out. You know, I, I have good barter. Um, Honestly, I think I need to go back to Seoul. You know, I think I need to go back to the motherland and play golf. In there. I mean, I'm going to Tokyo next month to play golf. Colin's going to be out there. We're going to try to get around in Tokyo somewhere or in Japan. But it's got to be Korea, you know. I mean, I, I think two weeks and like... I don't know, maybe 10 rounds in two weeks and like play. Like when I see what Bandon Dunes is and it's like a resort and you like, and the only thing I didn't really like is walking because I have a bad knee. So, you know, when I first started playing, my first time playing, I played Torrey Pine South. It was like 7,000 yards from the tips. I was like, at the third hole, I was like, you guys are fucking with me. I see golf carts. They're like, man, your Rolls Royce is not here to save you. And I was like, what, the f- what are you talking about? Like, you need to feel this as a player. Like you should walk. Any of my mom says I agree. You should walk. You should you should feel it. That's really what it is. And I was like I don't know about this golf shit. Like Bel Air CC. Like you know those little carts. where You can get a doctor's note I think and get one. And I was gonna do that. But um, I think that soul, the the courses that my people for people of sent me from like the mother, Like the I'm sorry. Like, the countryside and other places. I've seen golf resorts. I've seen the country clubs. I'm like, wow, man, I gotta go here and play.
1: The best food is on a Korean golf course. Oh, I can't imagine. They eat, like, every four holes. It is insane. Like, jajangmyeon at the turn. Like, what? Sunbae, dakbal, like, literally. Sorry, we're talking about Korean foods. Um, I was just thinking about
2: some kimbap, you know what I mean? Like, no, no you about. No, no, about.
1: no, They get, like, at the turn, it's like a four-course meal. Like, you, you're you there for, I mean, you're there for, like, 40, almost an hour at the turn. Actually, like, JLPJ tournaments, they take a break at the turn for, like, food. There's an hour break.
2: Oh, I, I, that's 100% then. That's yeah. even, like, now it's 110% my oh, dream yeah. destination to play golf.
1: Yeah. I mean, the food is incredible. <laughs> I, I miss it so much. <laughs> Who's a rapper who doesn't play golf that you wish would because you think he or she would be pretty good at it?
2: Wow, that's a really tough question because I'm thinking about, like, athletic-wise, Jay-Z.
1: He doesn't play golf?
2: Jay-Z would maybe play golf. You know, he's definitely, he's always been a luxury lifestyle, you know, like yachts and things like that. And I've worked with him since, you know, 96. But I think because he was, he's really good at basketball and I think he's pretty much, he's always been like a big Yankees fan and surf and he's definitely an athletic dude. I think I think he'd be good at it. And he's very, I notice now why women have better swings than men. Because I'm trying to hit it over the fence. You know what I mean? Women are just, it's just it's just pretty it just looks good the thing that took me forever to understand was <laughs> just go slow and just have a really smooth tempo and i can't believe the ball went just further by hitting it smooth jay-z is really like not a really aggressive type he's he's just a, a laid-back chill dude and i think that he would get the tempo down really well, well fred yep. couples okay. action maybe from, maybe from
0: jay-z well ben you haven't been to five iron golf so that needs to change because you can golf practice and party yeah For real. It's a high-tech, inclusive urban golf experience designed for golfers and non-golfers. 14 locations across nine cities from coast to coast, and they're going to have 20 by 2023. Five Iron's great for date night, quality time with your friends, or just the best happy hour a corporate work event has ever seen. So make sure you guys and you, Ben Baller, check out Five Iron, and Golf Mostly listeners get an exclusive discount. Mention Golf Mostly, at checkout to get twenty five percent off your next sim rental booking. I'm telling you, you are gonna love it. Baby. I'm going.
2: I, I mean, top golf is, you know, it's all right. If you're in Vegas, okay, I get it. But like, you know, I'm just not really. I mean, it's cool, but this sounds like it's lit.
0: It's absolutely lit, and <laughs> I think we know a guy that we can get you hooked up.
2: Amazing. I'm. I'm. I'm I can't wait.
0: Awesome. Ben, thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys. Really I really appreciate it. it. And are you? You're wearing golf clothes. Are you gonna go play golf right now? Wow,
2: well, I played. Well, I played today. You already so, played. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Ben, thank you so much. Again. No, thank you so much. And, I was. I had so much fun. We'll have to tee it up
2: soon. Oh my god, I can't wait.